Welcome back to Soul Back. This is the R&B podcast. This is Kyle. I have Tom and Ed with me to talk more R&B and more funness. What's going on, guys? What's going on, players? I am chilling. How about you? What's up, guys? I'm just here in anticipation, waiting to see if Music Soul Child makes it into the Hall of Fame. We'll get to that later. Oh, my God. That's right. Will you please keep right. your draws on? <laughs> Mortal Soulback will be underway in a bit. One more win for music, and he will be in our R&B Hall of Fame. But that's not even the biggest news of the day. We actually have a special guest that's going to be joining us later. Ed, Mr. Dalvin is in the building. My boy, Mr. Dalvin's in the building. Shout out to VA, shout out to NC, the East Coast, but one of the forefathers and pioneers of kind of modern R&B, Jodeci, helped develop that sound. So I can't wait to chat with him about his influences in Jodeci. And a lot of people forget his influences in other parts of music as well. So he had his hand in the formation of lots and lots of major artists. So can't wait to chat with my man about that. Damn, Tom. I'm sure you're excited to ask him about his drink of choice. That seems to be your thing these days. <laughs> it's nothing wrong with having a nice drink every once in a while, guys. It's always interesting to see what they're going to say, though, because you ne- you just never know. Well, Absolutely. obviously, with some of your hot takes, there'll be a lot of drinking over there. So, <laughs> Settle down over there. You're still salty about Keith Sweat getting completely embarrassed the past few weeks? Yes, I am. <laughs> Enough said. You know what, Tom? If Music Soul Child gets into the Hall of Fame, I will buy us all a round of Fireballs so we can drink it together. Fireball. Oh, wow. my God. <laughs> <All> <laughs> cinnamon and stuff. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> before we <laughs> before we get Dalvin on our podcast, we have some new music to cover. And I want to start off talking about Ed's favorite DJ, DJ Khaled. He has a new song out with Future. Jay-Z and Beyonce and let me just say man why is Beyonce auto-tuning and mumble rapping well player I have not heard this album yet I've had a pretty crazy week so I, I didn't hear the song but but even when the beehive is like eh you know it's bad damn I I almost I hate to say it but is Beyonce falling off just a a, a bit I, I she's conforming now to the popular sounds and it's like and now it's not catching on what's next guys well i wouldn't go that far because it's not really it doesn't seem to be a beyonce single it's more like a favorite of Khaled. so i wouldn't say that the bottom has fallen out yet but it is funny when beyonce touched something that doesn't turn to gold that's kind of telling you know what for me being that, I mean, of course, we've all followed Beyonce since Destiny's Child, and it's kind of got to the point, like, I'm tired of these songs where she's bragging, and, you know, there's trap drums and everything, I mean, Formation, which wasn't really that, but it kind of fit into that playlist of songs that were that, and it's just like, this is another one. What was the other one, and There was Formation, there was this DJ Khaled record, and there was uh, 7-Eleven, that was the other one, right? Oh, God, don't remind me of the horrors of 7-Eleven. And see, that's why I noticed, and again, I don't like talking about songs that I've never heard and judging them, so I haven't heard this song. But I, y'all know how much I hated 7-Eleven, but the Beehive loved it. When the Beehive hears a song and it's like, eh, I don't know if I like this one that much. 
to me, it must be festering, molding garbage. So when I check this song <laughs> oh, out, I do not expect the highest caliber work. Those we talking about DJ Khaled, so I'm sure he's screaming over half of it. Shout out to his baby, by the way. He's a popular baby on Instagram. That is the oh, most. Wow. That baby has too many clothes on. The baby has on like a four-piece suit, 18 <laughs> chains hanging around his neck. He looks like he's already 37 in the face. Let the baby be a baby. <laughs> 37. Wow. Another project that came out recently is Escape 3. Escape? The the trio now known as Escape put out their EP, Here For It. Tom, are you here for it? Um, I heard a couple of the songs they had put out, and I wasn't really too much into it. I mean, I applaud the reunion and all that. I haven't really fully listened to the EP yet, but... I wasn't really expecting much, to be honest. I figured it would kind of be more of a trendier sound, but I can't say if I'm here for it or not just yet, but I wasn't expecting too, too much. Ed, do you, how, how much momentum do you think was lost with this project when everyone found out that Candy wasn't actually a part of it? Ugh, we lost a lot, and again, I'm not the biggest Candy fan in the world, and that's well documented, but I think that her her popularity from we've seen from reality TV and social media kind of was the thing that drove this because older fans want to hear escape newer fans want to hear candy and friends. And when candy is removed from that equation, I think that introduced a few stumbling blocks and going on with this EP where they're trying to, they want to do their old sound, but they want to do their new sound. And it's all this big kind of jumbled mess I think it's going to be really hard for them to pick up the momentum they originally had way back. I'm a huge Escape fan, so I'm going to support, and I hope that we get a album that measures up to the previous three. But right now, they just feel a little lost and directionless. Yeah, I'm not sure how this is going to turn out. I mean, if they go on tour, are they going to be able to do the big venues? Will Candy be joining them on the tour? I don't really know the answer to that, but man, I hope they come with some stronger material for you know whatever is to come next um some exciting news tom your boy from boys to men sean stockman he has an album coming out yeah i don't know who if anyone saw this one coming but uh he signed a srg which is where producer tim kelly is at who he recently interviewed he signed him he's producing the project it'll be interesting i mean sean stockman's made some solo appearances over the years and he's you know obviously has a great voice so I'm expecting big things from this. What about you, Ed? It's weird. Back in, I don't know, maybe 96 or so, whenever he came out with that song off the Mr. Holland's Opus thing, from way off that movie soundtrack, I remember the buzz being then, oh, he's going solo. And at the time, I think he would have been the first member to go solo. So it seemed like there was a lot of buzz coming off that soundtrack, and then it didn't happen, and Boris and Men just kept pushing on. It seems really late to do this, but last year we saw Stokely drop a a solo album, the first one in his career, and it did. It was fantastic. So he certainly has the pedigree. He has the ability to give us something solid. So even though it may seem random on the surface, I'm here for it. Great point about Stokely. It's interesting, and, you know, not trying to throw any disses at Sean because we love Sean, but... I mean, would you guys have signed Sean, or would you guys have gone for Wanye? Because Wanye is the one with the big voice. 
Well, Wanye was the one with the buzz back in like the mid '90s, but Sean was still considered a strong feat, uh, a strong focal point of the group. So no, I, I think if you had to pick back then which one had the biggest solo star appeal, it would have been Wanye. But we're talking 1995, not 2018. So either one of them, I think, could have been big. And if I had the opportunity to get Sean in the fold, why not? Oh, yeah, I just forgot that uh, Sean was on Tank's last album as well, so there you have it. Wasn't um, a bad song either, actually, believe it or not. Right. How was the rest of that album, Tom? Next topic? <laughs> <laughs> Damn. <laughs> oh, man. We, uh, we do have an album that's coming out very, very soon. I think next week, Bobby V will be dropping his new album, Electric. Also on Tim Kelly's record label. This one I'm actually pretty excited about. Um, you know, we've heard this the first single a little bit with Snoop Dogg. Could this be a return to form thing for Bobby V? I'm excited. I sure hope so. I love his first album. And I think it's... I know a lot of our listeners love it too. And I really feel like that that sound just... A lot of times an artist, I call it DMXing. And they'll like find a sound that works and they will run it into the ground because they won't change up. And I feel like Bobby V had a great sound, but he like kind of moved away from it before we got tired of it. So I would like to see him kind of go back to the original Bobby V sound. Yeah, I mean, Bobby V has made good music over the years. I almost feel like part of the issue has been exposure, especially since he's from that whole generation that kind of got lost at radio. That's your generation, Kyle. So, I mean, right. he's back with his original collaborator, Tim Kelly. So, I think the music will be good. It'll just be a matter of getting it heard. And um, I think that'll be the biggest challenge. Man, I got to ask you guys, when artists come with these big features and then you go into the music video and the artist is, and the feature is not even in the video, how do you guys feel about that? Because that's exactly what happened with his single. Snoop Dogg's on the record, but he's not in the video. That's always bothered me. I remember when Daly dropped his song last year and Jill Scott had ghosted. It's just, and I know a lot of times there are factors at play and there's a reason why they can't do it, but it's it just feels like you're missing a cosign or it just takes you out of the experience where you just hear these ghostly vocals while the camera pans to some random stuff. It's It's probably not the end of the world, but it does bother me greatly. You know what bothers me more than that, though? When you have these R&B songs with a feature from a big-name rapper, and you could tell that the verse was just like a throwaway verse. It wasn't even made just for that song, and it's oh, obvious gosh, yes. that bothers me. <laughs> you know who the king of that is? Well, so unfortunately, he's had health problems recently, so shout yep. out to Rick Ross. But he is the king of that. He's talking yep. about absolutely nothing that the artist is singing about. Exactly. Good Good call Playback there. music. <laughs> Damn, but we do hope that uh, Rick Ross gets well soon. It's pretty tragic news, and, I mean, you never want to see anybody, especially someone who's one of the biggest stars in hip-hop, go through something like that. So, big shout-outs to Rick Ross. Tom, it's really interesting as we're talking about these albums from Sean Stockman and Bobby V, and, you know, both of them are being released on Tim Kelly's label. I know he put out Brian McKnight's latest album last year. What's going on with Tim Kelly? I know you interviewed him. Yeah, he had a lot to say in this interview. We'll have the interview out. It'll probably be out by the time this goes live. And uh, 
he's just really rejuvenated. He split from Bob. You know, Tim and Bob was the was the duo, and uh, they both went in separate directions. But their sound was kind of evolving separately. But he's trying to sign everyone now, and like he was trying to sign Genuine. He was talking about signing John B. So it's actually pretty interesting. He, I mean, you made a good point, Kyle. Like, you know, where's the where's the profit margin since no one's buying these albums anymore? But I mean, it's it's an interesting time hearing him speak and be so passionate about it. I hope it works out well for him, though. No, absolutely, and that and that is a very interesting question. I'd, I'd love to talk about that a little more. You know, Tim has the backing of, I think it's E1, or it's also Universal, I believe, right, Tom? Universal, yeah. It's Universal, so they're obviously in support of him signing all these acts, but number one, how are they going to make any money back from this if no one's buying records anymore? It It, it doesn't make sense to me. Well, it's complicated. I mean, we can't really speculate. I mean, if you sell a million singles, though, that's... I mean, do people still buy singles, or they just don't buy albums? That's why I'm unclear on... I really don't that's know. A good question. I mean, if... Because if, back, back years ago, like five years ago or so, people used to buy singles like crazy. So if you sold a million singles, which was still realistic, that's recouping a million right there, which was the rumored deal that Bobby got from this label to make this album. So I... I, it's hard for me to say. I really don't know because I don't see Bobby going on like an official tour. I mean, is that going to happen? I really don't know. Yeah. Ed, it was really interesting. I was at Best Buy the other day and I saw two things that were sort of out of place. Number one being like empty CD cases and those like CD booklets where you can put your, your discs in. I think yeah. I was like, wow, they still sell those. And the second thing, and I got to ask you, iTunes gift cards, do people still buy those? Of course they do. My wife still gets them from me because I'm one of the seven people on earth who still cop stuff from iTunes. So as I have wow. mentioned a million times here before, I am an old man hoarder. So whatever music I get, I if I like the artist, I will purchase it digitally. And if I can't find the physical album, I will just download it to one of those discs that you mentioned and put it right in one of those books that you mentioned because... I always want, and I was talking about this in our Soul and Stereo Cypher Facebook group. You need to join if you haven't, by the way. But we were talking earlier this week about having media, physical media. And I know we we have the streaming services and they're cool, but play, they don't have everything. If I want to hear Aaliyah and Spotify doesn't have them because Aaliyah's uncle is weird or whatever the case is, I want to make sure I have the version I want. Or if there's the Isley Brothers floating on your love with 112 and Lil' Kim that I want to hear. I want to make sure I have that version so I will rip it from somewhere and keep it physically because unfortunately streaming just doesn't have everything I want. So yeah, I'm over there in the discount section buying all that junk. Oh man. Alright. <laughs> Ed, I gotta is, ask you one more question. Is your question. Walkman still working, Ed? <laughs> yes. Actually. <laughs> Tom. No, Ed. This is a serious question. I'm glad you brought that up, Tom. Ed, do you still buy blank CDs? Yes, I do. That's oh, why. Well, how no. would I? How would I download them? I buy oh. players. You're not listening to what a player is saying. I when I buy from iTunes, yes, it's in my iTunes library. It's on my. It's on my phone or my iPod, whatever. But I will download it on the physical CD because if my hard drive burns, a horrible death. 
I can get a new one and I can replace my music. It's all about having backups. Don't you know hate on my like system. Ex- it is foolproof. You know they have like external hard drives nowadays, right? Yes, I have it on the external hard drive, the desktop, and the physical CD. I kid you not. My closet wow. is ridiculous. Tom, this is too much for me. Can you just what go and tell the fans about this Legacy tour? Because I can't take it. <laughs> All right, we got an exciting tour coming up. Another real treat for Ed. Um, Ed, I don't know if you're going to bring your wife, but if so, you guys can both show up and bare feet to this one for sure. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> We apologize, so, Lettucey, and oh, go ahead before I spoil it. It's Lettucey. Well, first of all, it's Lettucey, Melanie, Fiona, and Tweet. Now, when I saw this, I was like, that is the most random concoction of artists in one grouping because they've never collaborated, they've never even associated with each other. It's almost like someone threw darts at a wall to see who would go on tour with Lettucey, <laughs> and these two won. I'm not hating. I'm just saying it's a weird grouping, but it'll definitely be one you want to check out. But I don't know. Do you guys find it like a weird pairing? I mean, it. there is overlap in the audience. I'll give it that. But as far as you've never really seen any kind of collaboration as far as, like, labels or anything like that, it's pretty weird. But I'm not mad. My ears are not complaining. So that's the main thing. Yeah, Tweet and Melanie Fiona are going to meet for the first time on day one of the show. <laughs> oh, my <laughs> God. I'm pretty sure they've talked before now. <laughs> I mean, I will say one other thing. I'm actually surprised that Tweet... And Melody Fiona are even being chosen to go on a tour because Melody Fiona has been, who is a great performer, but she's been idle for so long. And then you've got Tweet, who really was absent for a decade before making a great mm-hmm. comeback with the last album. So it's curious, like, there was other names, more active names they could have chosen. I'm just a little surprised. No, it, you have every right to be confused because it's a weird grouping. That makes perfect sense, but I'm still here for it. So, Ed, when you wear bare feet at a show or show up in bare feet, do you wear sandals to the show and take them off or just show up in bare feet? Oh, oh gee. Um, I make sure that my feet are bare so when I am able to give you the sweet tin music, you feel every bit of the bone in your jaw. So we'll test Ouch. that out as soon as we finish with this. <laughs> all right, all right, calm down. Uh, I do want to make another mention Kima from the group Total, she put out a new record, Love Me Back. I think that was really cool. Shout out to Total. Talking about groups that disappeared off the earth, and that is one that people ask me about all the time. Where are we going to hear new music from Total, and if they still even want to perform? But look at Kima doing the thing. This is not a diss, but if you if someone had asked me, Tom, guess which R&B artist just put out a new single? Kima would have probably been guest number 5,647. <laughs> oh. I'm just saying, who expected that? It came out of I nowhere. Mean, yeah, I know Total was on the Bad Boy reunion tour last year. Um, and she's she's going to be putting out a solo project, Tom, and we might even well, have her on Soulback. <clears throat> no, but she actually put out a single a couple years ago with Vita. I don't know if you guys remember it. Oh, and, I uh, do it remember good. that. I remember so she's, that. Shout out to yeah. Vita. And it wasn't bad. I mean, she's a pretty good singer, actually. I'm not trying to make fun of her, but it was just surprising to see that come out. And uh, I look forward to hearing what she has to come out with, and we'll certainly welcome her to the podcast. Yep. I'd be Damn, down Tom. that, yes. Tom, didn't we see Vita at the Ja Rule and Ashanti concert a couple of years ago? 
We did. Uh, didn't you make a joke at, at, the, at that time? Yeah, like she had just gotten off Walmart and then went straight to the venue to perform. Oh, my goodness. No, they let her end her shift early or something to show up to the show. <laughs> Damn. That's messed up, man. That is pretty much. I'm sorry, Vita, if you're I'm sure she's. You. I'm sure she's huge in places like Switzerland and <laughs> Europe and all that. My God. Shout out, DJ Soul Child. <laughs> we uh, got him, man. Oh, you guys are terrible. Um, can I make one mention <laughs> before we bring in Mr. Dalvin? Um, I was just checking out the urban charts um, on the radio, and it seems like there's a lot more singing going on from actual vocalists on this chart now. I'm seeing Miguel on here. I'm seeing Bruno Mars on here. SZA's on here. Her's on here, which is very exciting. Tank's on here. Um, Janae, Chris Brown. And LMA is also climbing up the charts. It looks like, and I, I could be jumping the gun, but it seems like people actually want to hear singing again, sort of. You know, I don't think that people never, I don't think people were turned off by singing at any point. I think that people just got so used to artists not singing that it was just kind of like, oh, okay. But now that artists are reminding us that they can sing, I don't think it's a turnoff. It's like, oh, here's something new, which is ridiculous that singing is new in the music genre. But there, here we are. Unfortunately, Kyle, I think it's kind of just a random fluctuation. I mean, you've always had R&B singers out there. They were just not getting played on radio. Could it be right. we just have a downtime when there's not many or not enough hip-hop singles out where there's actually a gap for some R&B artists to make it onto the charts at this point? Yeah, mm, that's point. an interesting that's it that's a good point and then i'm looking at the urban ac charts and to me the urban ac charts would be what the urban station charts i mean the ur- urban charts would have looked like a couple of years ago because i'm looking at this chart right now you have charlie wilson daniel caesar and khalid all on the same station that doesn't make sense to me i mean it's weird i don't know if you guys I mean, that's, that's <laughs> Do you, I don't know if you guys ever listen to Urban AC stations, but it's like it's so strange now because those stations are the ones that still play oldies. So mm-hmm. w- one minute you're going to go from Frankie Beverly and Maze before I let go, which is the ultimate cookout anthem. And then the next minute you're going to be hearing artists like Khalid and his music. <laughs> it's like Young, dumb, it's broke. such a weird it's not even like he's a disciple of, of these artists that came before him in this station. So it's it's weird to me to hear it. I really only listen to, well, I don't listen to radio much at all anymore unless I go home and visit my parents in Virginia. But you're right. You'll listen to that and you'll hear Khalid and then you'll hear freaking Ignition Remix and then Tyree Sweet Lady. It's just like the weirdest combination of music out. Hmm. Um, now, before I bring in Dalvin, I got to ask, Ed, how do you pronounce this artist's name? D-V-S-N? I thought it was Division. Oh, well, there you I have thought it, it was only... Davison. It's not Davison. <laughs> I have Davison? no idea. I thought it was Division, but don't <laughs> like you. Yeah, ha- <laughs> like how we have Jameson. Well, is this Davison? <laughs> I don't know. I thought it was Division, but again, don't hold a brother to that. I actually <laughs> like however you pronounce this dude stuff. I mean, they're a group. It's not a person. So, oh, I didn't well, know they... that. Hmm. Yeah, all right, they, all right, um, I think we're getting... 
Go ahead, Ed. Oh, I thought we were wrapping up. Jeez, you're giving out a wrap-up signal. But no, division <laughs> is fine. I think they made my top 30 list last year. Like, kind of mean probably at, like, number 30. But I think their stuff is okay. I thought it was division, but I'm sure if it was wrong, we will be corrected in the comments. Well, while we figure out how to pronounce division's name or DVSN, I want to bring in a name that we all recognize. Every week, we're going to bring in somebody special that has brought Soul back. And this time, we have someone very special. Really needs no introduction. Our Twitter mentions were going crazy when we told everyone that this guy would be joining us on the Soul Back. We have Mr. Dalvin from the legendary R&B group, Jodeci. Dalvin, welcome to the Soul Back. What's good? What's good? We, we read this one interesting story that you guys were actually moved to the Bronx by Andre Harrell to kind of toughen you guys up, get a feel for that street life, uh, be around the, the rats and the roaches and all that. What do you remember most about that situation? <laughs> you know what? They told us it was all about toughening us up, but I think they, they was being cheap. Being cheap, they wouldn't spend no money. They thought we were for this country, boys. They was like, all right, y'all come to New York, y'all going to be living in the high-rise condo. And it was in the Bronx in the, in the projects. So that's wow. what it was. They didn't pay for the living That's a true story. Yeah. What was the day to day life like in the Bronx? What were you guys eating? Were there rats everywhere? Man, it was rats and roaches. That, that part is true. I mean, that was, that's really true. <laughs> it's crazy because, you know, we came from suburban life in North Carolina, and, you know, it wasn't the rats and the roaches. And, you know, we came from pretty civilized living. Which, you know, the Bronx, it was actually good, though. You know, it was, we didn't have any money. You know, we were sharing Thai ramen noodles. You know, we would get the one pack for 25 cents and break them into four squares for the last of the week. I mean, you know, we struggled. We struggled, and, like, a lot of people don't realize that, you know, they thought we just came out as an overnight success, but we lived there for, like, almost a year and a half, and close to two years. Then we moved to, like, a uh, you know, another little spot in New Jersey. But, you know, it was hard, but we were determined, and, we was, you know, it was dedicated to what we, what we were there for. So that's what that was. Crazy. Now, um, I know Devontae eventually moved his crew to Rochester. Did you? Did you guys also live in Rochester? Oh, uh, well, Rochester was wasn't. It was that was you know that was years later. That was after uh, after uh, I want to say that was after Diary of a Madman. So uh, yeah, I, I moved there with him. You know, he he bought one one apartment building for all the artists. You know, the basement, which is. Timberland, Genuine, Missy, Magoo, you know, Static, Player, a Sister. You know, so he bought one apartment building. And I have I had my own apartment in there. He had his own, and all the artists lived in the, the rest of the building. And he moved the whole basement crew to, to Rochester. Yeah, that was, but that was, that was like years later. You know, Dalvin, I was wondering, because I'm a New Yorker myself, and uh, I was just wondering how he ended up in Rochester, of all places, to bring to bring the crew out and you guys to be at. Um. To be honest, he met a guy, a guy that owned the studio. You know, there's nothing in Rochester but like Kodak. Back then, it wasn't anything in Rochester. So, uh, and uh, they had like one mall and a couple of restaurants of Popeyes Chicken. Who we probably kept the lights on at Popeyes. We ate Popeyes every day. That was like the best restaurant they had around there. Wow. So, uh, but uh, I mean, I mean, to be honest, it, it was it was a cool situation. It was just a it was a situation we felt like all the artists would be focused on music, and it would it wasn't too much to do. It wasn't no clubs. There wasn't anything, but to be at the studio every single day, 24 hours a day. And it was like, we ran it like a machine, you know, it was like a, a factory assembly line. And we was in there all day. Everybody was creative and you had a, the studio going nonstop. We had like four 
different uh, studio rooms in the building, and it was nonstop. Everybody was working. Timberland, Missy, me, uh, you know, there's a couple other producers, rappers, artists, singers, you know. You know, then when Jodeci came, you know, everything kind of shut down, and we finished the Jodeci project there. So it, it was cool. It was, it was a good experiment, man, because everybody just had each other, and, and all we had was just, you know, ideas and creativity that was flowing in Rochester. So, you know, before we get into, you know, everything else with the Jodeci projects and, and all of that stuff, we got to talk about your new song, Vindication, which I guess in some ways is, is celebrating what you guys have already gone through, but now you're getting money. So talk about that single a little bit. <laughs> well, I mean, it, 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 was, it was a single like a, I put out a, a solo album a long time ago, and I really didn't, you know, it didn't get the accolades that I really wanted, because, but, but it wasn't 100% of my vision. You know, I, I was, you know, appreciative to Madonna, who was a good friend of mine, and Giles Seri. But, uh, you know, along the way, you know, they had really nothing to do with the album not being a success, but it was just, you know, every everybody in between. And I felt like I didn't get my just due or my, my, my proper chance to really, really show what I did as far as, like, you know, as far as my production and as far as, like, you know, my vision as a solo artist. So, you know, just like my second time around, and I just really took it on to, I'm going to do what I want to do regardless of what people, how they accept it or not, you know. And it's just it was just me coming out of, like, really, really, the shadows of, of, of a lot of things that I've did and really wasn't wasn't known for, didn't get the accolades or the, the accomplishments. But, you know, I didn't come out waving a white flag. I just did what I did and I had fun making a song. It was a song I wrote on a napkin actually at the restaurant. Now I just went to the studio oh. and recorded it. So. That's wild. Yeah, so. Yeah. Crazy. Hey, Ed, you know, you're from VA. Jodeci has roots in VA. Can you just talk about, you know, Jodeci's impact as you were growing up? Yes, man. I was in my feelings earlier when you were talking about how um, they had to go to NY to toughen up. I'm like, man, VA ain't a picnic either. <laughs> well, well, you know, me and Devontae were born in Hampton, Virginia. Casey and Joe uh, were born in Baltimore, Maryland. So, you know, we left we left uh, Hampton pretty early. You know, my dad was a uh, my dad was the first first black preacher on the 700 Club. So, uh, you know, he was traveling right. around with that, and, and we ended up in North Carolina at a, at a real young age. So it was kind of like people. Thought we were born and raised in North Carolina, but we were born in Virginia. We moved to North Carolina like pretty young, you know. So, so did Casey and JoJo. So we kind of met in North Carolina at a young age. But I mean, like a lot of artists that came out of North Carolina, it, we was doing music that wasn't really, wasn't really uh, typical at the time. And uh, you know, Charlotte was just was one of the places. It wasn't. It didn't have a, a musical or entertainment kind of like uh, personality, as you would say, besides gospel music. And we were just something different. And uh, you know, they, they wasn't really trying to accept what we were doing. So uh, we felt like to be successful, we had to just go out of the box and what people didn't know us and people didn't really judge. And it was something new. And then we got, you know, when we got to New York, it just took, a, it took on a whole new life. You know, like the, the flavor was different. Our whole mentality of how, you know, the approach, the studio was different. You know, it was just, it was, everything was bigger. And then when we came out, we expected North Carolina to be the first to jump on, on board because we always do it. Ah, North Carolina, North Carolina, North Carolina. And it was, that was, it was like the last people come to the party. So that's why everybody thought we was from New York, because New York embraced it right away. That's a great point, because um, I'm Dalvin. I'm from Portsmouth, and you're from Hampton, so we right down the road from each other. And Virginia, even though it's you know a well-known state, it doesn't have a musical identity like a, a New York or or a Deep South. So there wasn't really a sound for Virginia. So I think what Jodice was able to do. Because for those who don't know, Hampton, Portsmouth, Norfolk, that area, it's a big naval station. Like So there are lots of multicultural 
experiences kind of all over. So you kind of get a diverseness. And I think what Jodeci was able to do was to piece that together and create a little bit, a little bit of hip hop, a little bit of soul, a little bit of gospel and create this brand new sound that would go on to influence R&B, especially for the next decade coming off a of new Jack Swing. And I think that the experiences of that area helped them do that. Yeah, you know, and, and then, like, you know, you had, like, after that, you know, you had the Pharrells, the Timberlands, you know, Missy. We all gave, you know, kind of like that whole tri-state, that tri-state from state North Carolina, Virginia, D.C. It kind of tied everything together because that, that was the whole coast that really embraced Jodeci in the beginning. So we did really, really well along those lines. And then, you know, we branched out to the West, to the Midwest. And, you know, that's just how that happened. So... You know, Dalvin, it's crazy because when we look back at R&B, we can say for sure that Jodeci changed the landscape of R&B. It changed the sound of it. And, you know, we always have discussions on this podcast about if that's even possible today to have an individual or a group of people change the sound of R&B like you guys did. Do you guys, do you think it's possible? Because I see like Bruno Mars out here doing some of that new jack swing that you guys were dibbling and dabbling in. Do you think it's possible for a person to change the whole landscape? Well, I think, me personally, it's my personal opinion. I think that, you know, every generation has a pioneer. And pioneers, to me, are people that are not afraid or or, or afraid to just step out. And I I think Bruno Mars, he's doing it, but he's going, he's just making a carbon copy of what, you know, New Jack Swing was back in the 90s, which is cool. It's new for people that don't know it. But, you know, for me, we didn't go back and and re-try to, you know, reinvent the wheel with harmonies. We just just combined a lot of things together into like a – a stirring pot of what we love as far as like, you know, we listen growing up, we listen to Bon Jovi, we listen to Def Leppard, we listen to, you know, Commission, Take Six. We just put everything into a, a, a you know, multiply and just stir it together. You know, the harmonies and people wasn't ready for it, but we was like, you know what, you, you accept this or you don't accept Jodeci. And you know, like I said, our first meeting with an A&R at Uptown Records, he fell asleep and told us he wasn't good enough. And, but we was like, you got to be crazy. You might not be good enough for your job. And that was our mentality because we knew we had something special. The world just didn't know it, or, or the people at the record company just didn't know it yet. Until, you know, one of the heavy beats people came by, heard us singing live, and, you know, so forth and so on. But I think that today, I think that most artists just kind of follow what, what is good. There's not, there's nothing wrong with that, but I think people are scared to, 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 of the rejection of what people are going to accept. You know, so, but you got great artists like, you know, you got a, as far as hip hop, you got a, a Kendrick Lamar, you got Drake, you know, they're, they're still apart from, you know, all the, the trap stuff that's going on. What is good? But it's very rare that you have an army artist that just comes out the box, you know, especially a group, because it hasn't been a great group, I don't think, for, for a long time. So I, I don't know what it's going to take. It's going to take somebody to think something different, I guess, to make something old with something new. You know, I don't know. You know, so. Right. Now, Ed, a lot of this was was timing as well. When Jodeci came in, that was sort of like the tail end of New Jack Swing, right? Yeah, and I... um. When I came on and became a fan of it, in fact, I was listening to the um, first Jodeci album earlier this week. That album still has influences of New Jack Swing, but like you were saying, New Jack Swing was starting to run a little bit out of steam. But what I think Jodeci really hopped up on is what Dalvin was talking about earlier. They rolled that wave a little bit, but they didn't rest on it. They didn't come up in there saying, we're going to make a New Jack Swing album like 500 other groups out. We're going to do that a little bit, but we're also going to take these records and we're going to put our own spin on We're going to throw a little rock. We're going to throw a little black gospel. We're going to throw a little R&B. And that is how they were able to reshape that landscape. So when a Jodeci song came on the radio, 
you knew it was a Jodis song. You weren't like, now is this Al B or is this guy? Or who's you? You you knew who it was because the well really defined that that it was. We took time and learned, and a lot of artists don't know it and, and don't really really understand. Like we made Jodis different. It's like oh, Jodis sound, Jodis sound, but it is. If people don't even really know when they say that what they're really saying, we took time to find sounds that created a lane for us. It wasn't just about the harmonies, about the vocals, and about the singing. And it was about a sound, even down to the drum sounds, to the keyboard sounds, mm-hmm. to, to the sound. We, we took time to develop a sound. And, and that's what made Jodeci different, because people try to go, I'll make a Jodeci song, I'll make a Jodeci song. But it's not about the writing. It's not about the harmony, because anybody can do harmony that know how to sing, that really know how to sing and, and stack harmony. It's not, it's not about that. It's about the sound that surrounded us. That's why when you hear Casey and Jojo album, it doesn't sound like Jodeci. Even though there's exactly. two singers on a group, it doesn't sound like Jodeci because we have a Jodeci sound that we created. And we, we, we took time and we developed a sound like, okay, well, we're going to put these harmonies over top of this synthesizer, over top of this organ, over top of this piano. And now let's change the piano sound. The drum sound's going to go with this. The kick's going to go with this. I mean, we dissected everything from every instrument to every vocal. You know what I'm saying? So that, that, that created a sound for us. So it didn't sound like New Jack Swing. It didn't sound like some old. It didn't sound like some new. It just sounded like something that was timeless. And we knew when we was making it, this was going to be timeless. You know, especially to the ballads. We took time to dissect everything from the hi-hats to how they matched the snare to the kick to the toms. I mean, you know, we, we were that meticulous on how we made a sound. And so, you know, that, that created the Jodeci sound, you know. And I think a lot, a lot of artists and a lot of groups, they don't really take time. They just go, you know, they go get a bunch of uh, loops off the internet and, and, like, let me write some vocals. I can sing, so let me just sing over top of this track. But it, it wasn't about that. Even though there's great songs that, and I'm not knocking anybody, I'm just saying, but if you, you ask what's the difference between Jodeci and a lot of groups nowadays, we took time to develop, you know, and saying, create what was going to set us aside from everybody else. So, Dalvin, uh, you know, one thing we talk about quite often is the legacy of Jodeci, but then you also have the legacy of Casey and Jojo when they kind of uh, kind of went off and did their own thing. And we kind of say that, you know, people don't really know how to view their legacies separately from the group. Is it, is it all part of the same Jodeci, you know, brand and spectrum? But how do you how do you look at that? Well, I mean, I look at Casey and Jojo. To be, to be honest, I don't even look at Casey and Jojo as being – I look at them from Jodeci, but it's t- totally different. Like, when I hear them, I take them out of Jodeci. You know what I'm saying? It's like – you know, I respect what they do over here, and I respect what they do over here. It's almost like two different artists to me. You know what I'm mm-hmm. saying? It's, it's a total different sound. Like, it's crazy because we'll be in concert. People don't even, a lot of fans don't even put the two, they don't even put the two together. Like, a lot of people don't even know Casey Jodo and Jodeci. You know, it's funny because they're like, oh, yeah, yeah, Casey Jodo. Do you know Jodeci? No, we know Casey Jodo because Casey Jodo had a big uh, pop record, All My Life song, you know, across the big for them pop. And Jodeci, you know, we always stay now, we always stay consistent with our fan base with everything you know and when they try to get us to cross over we said no they could cross over to us so we never crossed over you know intentionally going to the pop side we always want to keep our fan base steady and stable that's why we're able to tour still sell out arenas today you see a lot of artists that crossed over to pop music they can't they're not as big man because you know as we know they create they they they, they get rid of us and get the pop version of us if they can <laughs> you know yeah so they couldn't do that with Jodeci because we were too black and we were too stuck in where we was at. So they just had to accept us for being black. If you didn't, you just didn't. That's why we never been invited to the Grammys back in the day. And people laugh when I say that. And I say we were too black back then. And we opened the door. I feel like we opened the door for, for black artists now because people thought, why have Jodeci never been to the Grammys? We were the biggest R&B group through the whole 90s and, you know, even till the date. And we've never been invited to the Grammys. 
you know, and, and, and back then when the record label tried to get to go, it was like, oh, well, no, there's not really room for Jodeci here. They're not part of this program. But now you see Kendrick Lamar and you see all the fiancés and, the, you know, the daisies, and I think that we open the door for a lot of that to come through nowadays. That's a great point, Dalvin. That's, and I think something that younger fans don't realize, that back then a lot of black music that was made like that was not featured on the Grammys at all. You could not see a Kendrick Lamar performance like that in the early 90s. Never. And you, and we had great artists. I mean, in the 90s, black people, black artists, we ruled the, the 90s. I mean, we, but you would never know it. Like, you look at these award shows. I remember, I, I forgot what award show it was. And they came to us, they like, well, we want to put all the black music, which was H-Town, Jodeci, I want to say SWV, uh, it was a couple more groups that was all the nights at the same time. And they wanted to put us all in the seven-minute segment. I said, how? Wow. We have the biggest, most selling group right now. And we said, and Jodeci, we, we wore the mask and everything. We said, no, we're going we're gonna to protest. We won't be a part of it. And we try to get the other black artists, don't do that because they're going to limit all of us to seven minutes to perform a memory of all our hit songs when we own the 90s right now. And we said, absolutely not. You know, so, you know. A lot of artists are like, well, this is our chance to be on TV, but look how we're going, how they're putting y'all on TV. Like, we don't mean anything to the music world. Well, we run in the 90s right now. R&B music is the 90s. You know, so, you know, so, but that, that's what it is, man. But I think things have turned around for, for uh, you know, artists of color, not just black, but, you know, like Bruno Mars and, you know, a couple of different artists. I think things have turned around. And I got to say that we were, like, uh, people that, that, that took the beat down for a lot of the things that they said no to early days because we, we broke a lot of barriers as far as music, as far as, you know, the, the, the way we dress, the way we carried ourselves. We, we opened up a lot of doors for artists. And, you know, like a lot, a lot of people don't even know that, but, you know, hopefully this biopic, which I know y'all going to ask me about in a minute, it's going to, you know, explain some of those things. Well, let me ask you this, Dalvin. Um, so how did you look at groups that came after you guys in the mid-'90s, like your Jagged Edge, 112s, and True Hills, and Next? Did you look at those guys like, man, we influenced them, or, or man, they're, they're copying our style and trying to be like us? How did you look at them? I mean, yeah, I looked at it as a form of flattery, and uh, you know, because no matter what, there's always a blueprint laid down. Like, you know, we took a lot of a lot of things from, from Prince and a lot of other writers, a lot of other artists, and, you know, because they left blueprints for, for people to come. And I just felt like, you know, when Jodeci stopped uh, putting out records, then we just left the blueprints for any artist to come along. Yeah, Drew Hill was almost a carbon copy of what Jodeci was. You know, I mean, I remember mm. the first time I heard Drew Hill, I was like, I heard the song already. I think it was the Tell Me If You Want What You Want song. And I thought it was us. I'm like, when did we record that? <laughs> <laughs> I, 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 I said, was I, was I drunk in the studio? We recorded that. <laughs> I mean, it was a couple nights in the studio. I could hold the next day. I'm like, wait a minute, hold on. I laid that down yesterday. I mean, it was bad you know, nights like that. So, I remember I first heard that record. I was driving in, in Los Angeles, and it came on the radio. I'm like, wait a minute. I don't remember recording this. <laughs> but then they said, Drew Hill. And I was like, who did I, you know, just I said, oh, okay. I said, well, you know, it's, it's, you know that's that's a jealousy. And, you know, jealousy want to be. But, you know, I respect them, and I respect every other artist that came after us because we opened the door, and they, they went through it. They didn't try to, like I said, reinvent the wheel. They just, okay, jealousy opened the door for us like, Let's wear the sagging pants. Let's get the tattoos. Let's get the two earrings. Let's just wild out. Be the bad boys. You know, let's see who we are. So, it was, I mean, it was, it was okay with me. But what did bother me, and I got to be honest, what did bother me when groups started coming out and try to act like that they was the originators of something we had already created. That kind of bothered me. When I see 
certain groups I won't say no names, tell that like this is their whole thing. So, oh yeah, we got <laughs> bad boys all being no, 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 you're not. So that that wow. bothered me a little bit. But you know, and a couple of groups I've seen do that and I've heard say that. But, you know, it is what it is. <laughs> Right. I've seen them too. I ain't gonna say no names. Cause I want my mentions on But it's cool, man. Right. Right. Now, Dalvin, I gotta ask you. We've gotten a lot of you know tweets, Instagram comments, and one thing that seems to come up a lot is the last Jodeci project. A lot of them kind of felt like that didn't feel like a Jodeci record for whatever reason. I I feel like when I listened to the album, there was a lot of Casey, and Casey to me is the best vocalist in R&B, period. You know, but aside from that, we didn't hear a lot of JoJo. We didn't really hear a lot from you. And even Devonta, he didn't really talk on any records. And what went wrong with that project? Or was that intentional? Well, no. Well, I mean, like, I know it's a burning question. Everybody really want to know. Without going into too many legal details, it wasn't really a, a Jodeci album. You know, the songs are written mostly by, you know, Devontae, me, myself, you know, wrote every moment. Um, but it was it was pieced together by people who thought they knew what the Josie album might be because they wanted one so bad. And did they get our cooperation? A little bit. I would say 15%, 20% on the, of the cooperation as far as, like, you know, people finding Josie material, kind of piece it together from what they could salvage it, what, you know, what made sense. It wasn't really, like, me and Devontae going in there and spearheading the campaign like we usually do on the, the first three albums. So, you know, so you can take it how you want it. But it wasn't us in there like, okay, here we go. Let's get in the lab and shut, it, shut out the doors and let's, me and Devontae go to work. It wasn't that type of thing. You had that on one or two songs, but that was it. Oh. You know, and, and, and so you, you didn't have the jealousy that you, from Fair My Lady, Dyra Mad Band, the Soda After Party Hotel, that wasn't what you got. You got somebody's interpretation of what Jodeci was, what Jodeci's involvement. Mm. Okay. That's what that was. Ed, I mean, you reviewed the album. Now hearing this, how do you feel about it overall? Well, honestly, it makes a lot of sense. I mean, I think that when it comes down to it, it's when the, the way Dalvin spells it out, it makes perfect sense. I loved every moment, and that was a song that sounded like a Jodeci song because he had a big hand in it. But I think that when fans heard this after, what, 20 years when we got the next album, they were just expecting a level of Jodeci that we had in those first three albums, and it just didn't sound like it. It was like the pieces were in pace and the faces were familiar, but it just didn't feel the same. So it makes perfect sense. So imagine this. Imagine this. You 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 go to buy a Bentley, you drive and drive nice the first couple of miles, and you get home, you pop the hood, you got a Toyota engine in it. You're like okay, well I got the body, I got the interior, but the engine right. ain't there. So right. that's what that's basically what what, what it was. Not taking nothing from the people that worked and had a hand in it and were trying to do the best for for maybe themselves, or you know trying to reap the benefit for themselves of, of attaching a name to a project as big as Jodeci. And, you know, letting us take the, the, the backlash of, the, you know, what it was. And like I said, I didn't hate the project. I, you know, I, I feel like, you know, it's, it's almost like it's almost like uh, what they did with Michael Jackson's project. Was that what Michael Jackson would have put out when he was alive? Probably not. But was his involvement there, you know, from what they could put and salvage and put it on it, it was. You know, right. so to, to me, that's just how it was, you know. Right. And, of course, there was so much excitement when you guys came back into the scene. 
you know, we hadn't seen Devontae in so many years. And, you know, at first we did see Devontae at a couple of shows, but he seems to have disappeared off the face of the earth. And, you know, we read reports that he might not even be a part of the group anymore. I know he doesn't tour with you guys, but is Devontae still in the group? Absolutely. I mean, it's his group. You know, it's Devontae's group. He, Devontae is the type of dude. He, he's really not a, a performer. He's never been. He's never really. He's kind of shot away from stage. We always pulled him out there. Even though he had fun, he gets up there and he loves it. But it's almost like you got to pull him out. Come on, D. Come on, D. And he got to the point to where he felt like the business side of, of Jodeci wasn't right. And, you know, that started affecting not only him personally, individually, but collectively as a group. You know, because, like I said, you when 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 you when people see that there's an opening to get into something, especially if you get around greedy people, there's always openings, and it causes dissension between people and you know being you know the group. And we tried not to let that happen. So to keep Jodeci going, we kept going. He's like, you know what? I'm just gonna get back in the studio and just keep recording and making music. And y'all go into it. You know, I catch up with y'all a couple of shows, or I might, I might not. And, you know, so it just got to that. You know, you see a lot of a lot of groups go through that transition. And, you know, he's not he's not done with touring. He's not done with Jodas. He just, he want to do it when it's right. And when he feels like, okay, I, I want to be here. You know what I'm saying? So that's just him. It's just been this personal thing. It's nothing between us. You know, we all cool. We speak. And that's just what it is. You know. So so let me say this then. Um, based on this experience, and then we'll get off this topic, but based on this experience, you think there will ever be another Jodas album? Um, I mean, we, we all healthy. We all, like, uh. We're very much into it. It's just like I said, for me to make a Jodeci album, this is my, my personal opinion. I mean, you know, Casey, Jodeci, Devontae might feel different, but it will have to be right. Like, to me, I took a step back, and I want to focus on the business. You know, it's, it's not called the singing business. It's not called the Jodeci business. It's just the, the business of music, and you have to know your, your business first. And for me to do Jodeci, Jodeci is such a conglomerate of, of you know, of equity and things that we could it, it's, a, it's a million dollar brand you know Jodas is a brand now. it's bigger than us individually it's not about Casey Jodas Mr. Down Devante it's about Jodas which is a brand like Kiss Aerosmith you know what I'm saying and so forth and so on so we have to protect the brand and for it to be right the business has to be right and I'm not going to just under the pretense and under the umbrella of Jodas let somebody just put out another Jodas album you know just for their personal financial gain that's not going to happen again so so for that to be right we're going to step back and protect the brand but in the meanwhile, we keep recording, we keep making music, you know, I'm doing my thing, having fun, putting out my singles, and my next single is going to be even hotter, by the way. I hope y'all caught the remix that I just put out. I'm going to keep doing my thing right. until until we clean up the situation and we're all able to benefit from something that we started and created instead of everybody else eating off of something that we built from the ground up, you know, tooth by tooth, nail to nail, by brick by brick. We built the Georgia Empire, and now you got, you know, different people trying to take it over, and that's not going to happen. So it became more important for us to understand the business of Jodeci and take care of that instead of letting people just we run all over the place with it. And, you know, we just take the, the beat the beat down for it. Ah, Jodeci ain't this, Jodeci ain't that. Them niggas is done. It ain't, it ain't like that. So until it's right, then I think that, you know, it'll be on hiatus until we get it, get it right to where we want it to be as far as the business side of it. I mean, we see a lot of, you know, legacy R&B acts. They're struggling on major labels right now it's just a different time but the one thing i will say though especially for joe to see your fans have been with you guys since the beginning when you guys came back they were all on board and i mean i gotta say like i gotta shout out one of our listeners here he let us know that uh my heart belongs to you was his wedding song and i look back and that wasn't even a single was it no it wasn't actually it wasn't nope it wasn't um 
That's, that's it was crazy. a great song. It wasn't a single. It wasn't a single. Mm-hmm. And you know what, what? What I want to say before I go any further, I, I do want to say thank you to all our fans who are listening. I mean, we love you dearly. This is the, really the reason. I know people said all the time, and it's kind of like a a cliche, but we uh, y'all fans are the reason that I continually to make music, even though you know we get you know get the, the criticism. I, that's the only reason I continue to make music, and the continue. That's the reason that Jodeci continues to tour and and continues to to even think about recording and. and you know, being involved because the business is so different and it's it's one of the worst businesses to be in, but the fans will keep you going. As long as you see just a glimmer of, you know, love or, or hope and light from fans, it, it'll make you go further. If you see one or two people that say something positive, it takes you a long way. Even, you know, it just takes you a long way. All the negativity that you hear and all the criticism, it goes out the window. Just you hear one or two fans say something positive, it takes you a long way. And I think I can speak for all artists saying that. Because you get the beat down, you got the people that's going to beat you down just because they ain't got nothing else to do. But then you got the one or two fans that's been with you since the beginning of time, and it, it carries you a long way. You know what I'm saying? So I do want to say thank you to all our fans and whoever reads and hears this this interview. Thank you, and that's sincere. For sure. So you know, before we get you know into other topics, there's one thing that we've always debated. We've debated it on it on our website, on our pages. Fan support, what do you think matters more? Or what do you think you would consider to be more supportive from a fan, Dalvin? Would it be um, a fan that buys your new album? Or would it be a fan that supports you and sh- and goes to your tour? Like, what on the scale, like, what's more important to you as an artist? Um, well, being that we don't hate that people really don't buy music anymore. Um, but, you know, you want to you know that your music is being listened to and being heard some kind of way, whether it's being streamed or whatever it is. I mean, just to see the turnout, and you know, and we still have a bit of radio left. The hit song being played on radio, and you know, have people request it because, like I said, you really don't get paid from fans buying records. Like now, I love people to buy records. I love people to stream because now they found new ways to, to you know, to get paid through streaming. But as long as your, your music is being heard and appreciated, you know, if you hear your records on the radio every now and then, or you hear people that know your records, you know, they're listening to it. They hear people singing a song. And the, the the ultimate thing is, you know, we we Jody's is always putting a good show. You know, we've had uh, bumps and bruises along the way, but overall, we put on great shows. And I see people turn out and see them singing the records and and and, and still enjoying the, the the songs like they heard them for the first time. That means a lot too, you know. So, you know, I I really like when I put out records now. It, you don't really look for like, oh, we're gonna sell a million albums right off the top. You don't really look for that because people people don't buy what they can get for free. And unfortunately, you can get music for free anywhere you look. So you can't expect that, you know. Right. Now, Ed, I got to shout out Dalvin because he's not only been part of the music, but he actually has an eye for talent. He discovered your hero, Missy Elliott. Yes, he did. Yes, he did. Again, we were talking earlier about that VA connection, but I think that having that talent in the basement, we're talking about Missy, we're talking about Timberland. Shout out to my man Magoo. Genuine sister tweet. How was it to? Did you recognize the level of talent that you had at the time that would go on and reshape not only just R and B but music totally for the next ten years and going forward? I mean, and I, people don't even know. I found Stevie J. You know, I discovered Stevie J. Uh, That's right. Yeah. Uh, um, I mean, I. You know, people. There's there's something that's called an it factor that people have. Some people have it. Some people don't. Some people got the almost factor. Some people got the no factor at all. <laughs> but you know, it's, you know, I, when I when I first saw Missy, and I, same thing with Stevie J. And in the beginning, you know, when I first 
something that you know she didn't look nothing like she looked now. And I just saw like raw talent. It was something that she had, and, and I don't know what it was. And it's like a couple of people I ran across in my life, I felt that from, especially as far as artists, and they're going to be successful. They go, they had no connection with me, but I introduced them to certain people, and they went on to be successful. You know, so it's like I don't know. I just had that. My brother too, he has it too. It's like the see. You know, cause I, see, I meet artists all the time, all the time, and I hear I'm, I'm this, not that, and I'm blah 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 blah. I'm in the back of my mind, like if I don't feel it, nobody else is gonna feel it. Right. You know what I'm saying? So it, 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 some people just feel it, some people just don't. And I'm not saying I'm the best. They're the talent, but you know, you know, Flo Rider used to sleep on my, my brother's floor. I told my brother, I said he's gonna be one of the, one of the biggest artists. My brother's like, ah, you know, yeah. So you know, and, and, you know, he stayed with us for a long time too. Same thing with Flo Rider. You know, it's. And a lot of artists came through through our hands and, and went on to be success stories. And, you know, you see them today, they act like they never met you, but that's a different story. <laughs> but, you know, it is oh, what it is. <laughs> it is what it is. You know, I mean, I'll pay for a couple of artists' funerals. They love ones that died, brothers that died, and you see them now, they won't even, hey, they, it's like, who? Who are you again? I'm like, wow. But it is what it is, <laughs> Right, Dalvin, did yeah. you see that potential in in Biggie? I know you were friends with him really I, early on. The, the funny story, funny story. Man, Biggie was right at DC, and he was upset with Puff. He, he was right. He's like, man, I'm, I'm done with this rapping. I'm done. And I remember me and my cousin was sitting in the car. He was riding my car. My cousin was driving. He's, I'm done, man. Just before he put, he had just put out I think party and bullshit or whatever it was. His first thing off the the, the soundtrack. He's like, I'm done, man. I'm done, man. I'm done, man. I'm supposed to be on board. I said, man, you dope. Man. I said, man, just, just, just wait, man. I said, just ain't going to come overnight. And after that, you know, a couple couple months later, he was, you know, he was big, B-I-G. But he was, he was like, man, I'm done. I'm done, man. I'm done with this rapper shit. He just kept saying it. I'm like, but. And then, you know, before he blew up, he was just, you know, big and small. back like, damn. Then he went on to do his thing. You know, that was crazy. Huh. Yeah. So, yeah. For sure. So. You know, we got to ask, what's coming up? I know you mentioned the biopic earlier. Can you talk about that a little bit? Mm, I'm trying to not at liberty to talk about it, but just know it's coming. It, it's coming. It, the way it was coming at first, we thought it would be out by now, and it's supposed to be out. But, right, it's supposed to be out by now, actually, but we went through a couple of legal changes and, you know, a couple of disagreements and blah, blah, blah. You know how it goes. But now we're back to smooth sailing, and I'm not going to say when because I said – Last year when it was coming out, everybody wanted to throw stones at me. How oh, you said it was coming to That was that's what I was told, and we didn't expect the the, the uh, you know what happened happened. So now we're back to, to getting it right, and it's gonna come, and it's gonna be good. The script is amazing. The story is gonna be true to what they are, and it's gonna be good. So that's cool. Pretty much all I can say about it without getting myself in trouble again. Right. And, you know, we got to give a quick shout out to your manager uh, or partner, actually, Cassandra. You guys do Krista Chrome together. Um, just talk about that and what's coming up with that. Uh, Krista Chrome Music, uh, you know, we got the artist named Lindsay. She's coming from L.A. And we got Lillian, who, who's coming. She's so talented. Two different artists and two different genres of music. But it's going to be good. Uh, we just, you know, working and I'm just kind of focusing on my solo album. It's going to be a great, great album. I think people will be really, really surprised on that. It's really, it's really good. It's really, really good. So, I'm, I'm excited about it, and that's what I'm looking forward to doing. You know, dates with Jodeci, and you know, going around and you know, performing my singles, performing my singles, and doing the hits that everybody loves, and having a good time, man. You know? Cool, cool. So, you know, we have this thing on our podcast. We've had guests that have come before you, and we always like to 
talk about this and just simply we're going to ask a question and you just give us your thoughts on this. Who do you think is better, Music Soulchild or Keith Sweat? Oh well, you trying to get you trying to give me some enemies, man. That's not a uh, name of name of artist question. You got to ask more detail, man. I mean, they they do they two two different people, two different artists, two different things. They sing the same genre of music, but two different artists. You got to ask me for what? I need some specifics, and I can tell you. Who do you like more? Who who whose music do you listen to more? <laughs> I, I, I got to say, Keith Sweat, man. I got to say, I. I I respect oh. Music Soulchild is a better vocalist. He is a better musician, but I, I think that if I had to choose or somebody to ride to and listen to the album, I'd probably be Keith Sweat, to be honest. I the think that Mr. Dalvin is the greatest guest we have ever had on the history of the Soul Night <laughs> Podcast. Thank you, Dalvin, for being I the realest you, in the room. No, Dalvin, yeah. Dalvin, our previous two guests chose Music Soulchild over Keith Sweat, just so you know. No, <laughs> <laughs> I'm good. I said, listen, let me, let me clarify, because I don't want niggas looking at me when they see me. Oh, oh, oh really? <laughs> I think they have different jobs. That's, that's like saying, who's, I mean, well, it's like saying, uh, who's better, LeBron or KD? They got two different jobs, man. They do two different teams, two different things. They, both, they play the same game, but it's two different teams. You know, one is better at one thing, one's better at the next thing. You know, what can you really say? I mean, they're no. great basketball players, you know? We know it's a random question just for fun. So no, no Dalvin got that. No, Dalvin gave us the right answer. We good. So there we go. We good. So we do have one more for you. You know, because on this podcast we're sort of doing this um, tournament thing that we're trying to do. And if an artist wins three times in a row, they get inducted into our Soulback Hall of Fame. So uh, music has actually uh, gone past two artists already, and this is the third. So if he wins this round. He'll be in the Hall of Fame, and Dalvin, it's up to you to decide whether he's in the Hall of Fame or not. Uh, we have Music Soulchild versus the R&B singer Joe. Music Soulchild. Oh, wow, that's interesting. I'm I'm surprised you chose him. I remember. I mean, it's, I mean, like 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 once again, I think Joe's probably a better vocalist, but I would have to choose Music Soulchild. Wow. All right. Nice. nice. so there you have it dalvin has put music into the hall of fame Uh, now let's get into something a little more fun and i think this one i'm very excited about because some of our last guests they've given us some pretty you know um straightforward answers for this but i gotta ask you dalvin since you're part of joe to see you guys have seen the world what's on your rider something that you know, what's on your tour rider? Something that's maybe a little different or something that's just out of the ordinary. Do you have any of that? Maybe now and maybe even once upon a time when you guys were touring extensively all over the world. Uh, I would say condoms and ivory soap. <laughs> why ivory soap, though? Why you got to do why ivory and not Irish spring or whatever else? Well, because you know it's, it's the cleanest, man. I, I say dove, not Irish dove. Irish old, but now dove. We still have the dove now. It's <laughs> 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 weird, man, but it's, it's, I gotta have it all the time. Wow. <laughs> and then before we get out of here, Dalvin, one more for you. Now, we we like to ask every guest this this question: What is your drink of choice? As far as what? Just uh, alcohol. If if you have to choose a drink. What what is your go-to? Uh, to be honest, 
I started drinking five years ago, man. I don't drink anymore. Oh, wow. I can, I can ask you what it, what it used to be. I mean, then, then if you don't if you don't drink anymore, then what? It, what in general do you like drinking? Orange juice, smoothies, whatever. What? It, what do you? What are you into? I like Rockstar Energy drinks. Oh, okay. That's cool. We'll take that one. Yep, we will. Um, <laughs> Dalvin, is there anything that um, you want to add before we get out of here? Uh, tell people check out my remix thing I put out yesterday, day before yesterday. Uh, the link is in my bio. Go to Instagram, Mister Dalvin. You know, official. Uh, check out the remix, it's dope, you know, the album is coming, the next single probably in like, like four weeks, so, uh, yeah, I'll keep you posted, and, uh, you know, I'll post it up, and check me out, follow me, you know, holler, and thanks for all the support over the years, and continue support, thank you guys for having me on the show. Absolutely, Dalvin, best of luck with everything, and you're always welcome back on the podcast. <laughs> that was Mr. Dalvin on our podcast. Shoutouts to Dalvin for joining us. That was great. That was a fun one. And Dalvin really gave us some insight. I love the Biggie story. Yeah, that was really cool. I really liked hearing the Jodeci insight, especially about the last album. Uh, I think he kind of went into a lot of what we were thinking might have been the case. So it was good to get some clarity on that. And it was good to get some confirmation because a lot of people... When fans were critical, there were some people, you don't enjoy anything. But it's good to hear that the artists express their frustrations as well. Yeah, and I think uh, for this soul back rider, I'm going to need some uh, soap and condoms as well. Oh, oh. my God. <laughs> <laughs> um, so shout out to Dalvin for joining us on the podcast. Tom, can we get into the soul track of the day? The soul track of the day. You caught me off guard on this one, but I got one just just ready off the top of my head. <clears throat> so I'm going to go with Bobby V's Tell Me. And the reason I'm picking that one is not only because his album's about to come out, but we got this Tim Kelly interview on the site. Tim and Bob produced it. And uh, that's obviously off Bobby V's debut album from 2005, self-titled. And uh, cool song. Kind of has that Asian-sounding production that you like kyle right <laughs> yeah but uh <laughs> which is also coming back on his new album so uh yeah that's one I'll, I'll highlight for today solid record now ed now that it's all said and done and the smoke is cleared music soul child is actually in the hall of fame how do you feel about that yeah i felt better but I bet I do I do feel much better about Keith finally getting some vindication around here after two weeks of getting beat down for no good reason. It's interesting to me that I didn't expect music to beat Joe, I guess, for some reason. But I also it found it interesting that everyone thought music is by far a better singer than Keith. Like, even Dalvin thought that, even though he likes Keith better. Yeah, I'm, I don't know how I feel about him being a better singer than Keith. But I, if I had to pick between music and Joe, I might have to go with music. Because as much as we love Joe's actual vocal ability and talent, music may have had the more, the stronger discography and career overall. He doesn't have the amount of time put in that uh, Joe does. But album for album, he might be a little bit better. Look at you, Ed, giving credit to Music Soul Child. You're coming around slowly. Look, nah. I give credit when it's due, just never to you. <laughs> All right, calm down, guys. Um, Ed, what's going on with SoInStereo.com? 
a whole lot going on this past week. Um, make sure you check the site out because one of the biggest projects I've been working on the past year finally came to fruition. The 30 best soundtracks of all time. I was a lot of buzz around that Black Panther soundtrack being the greatest ever. I don't know about all that. So I picked 30 of the best soundtracks from R&B and hip hop to feature on the site. And that one has generated a lot of conversation. For, so thanks folks for that. And also I reviewed Fonte's new album, No News is Good News. This is, even though he's been around for a good 10, 15 years, this is just his second album. And it's very good too. Probably the first really good album of 2018 right now. So if you're a fan of Fonte, if you're a fan of Little Brother, Foreign Exchange, any of his projects, even that Ticarello album he had with Eric Robeson last year or year before last, check this out because it's really good. And shout out to Fonte for shouting out the site on Twitter as well. And Tom, what's going on with You Know I Got Soul? I know you, uh, you're you about to put out that Tim Kelly interview. Yeah, other than that, uh, not too much going on. It's been a kind of a lull for R&B in terms of new releases. Uh, we will be putting out a currently untitled feature, the R&B Power 25, maybe the R&B Power Rankings, still working on mm-hmm. that, tweaking that. It'll be a bit controversial when you see it, so look out for that. What about you, Kyle? Any shows coming up? Um, not a lot of shows, actually. I did interview Sir from Top Dog. Uh, it's ready to go in our YouTube, but I'm just waiting on Kendrick Lamar's camp to approve of it. We don't want to mess up that relationship because one day we will be interviewing Kendrick Lamar. I'm going to say that right now, <laughs> even though he doesn't really do R&B. But we don't want to ruin that relationship, so we're not going to post it until it's ready. So Kendrick Lamar, SZA, and all of you guys, we're, we're waiting. So whenever you guys give us the green light, we will post it on the site. We love you. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, God, so the until then, man. we're going to get out of here. We're going to come back. Uh, we might not be back next week because it is my birthday next week, and I got to get some frosty beverages up in my system. So we might come back the week after. Wow. But I want to just let you guys know that uh, we will be back and that we are now out. This is Kyle signing out with Tom and Ed. Peace. Peace. No wonder he needed the soap and condoms. Jeez. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>